You're listening to the Entree Spirit Podcast, where everything we talk about is related to entrepreneurship. Yes, entrepreneurship can be a crazy ride, but the good news is we're in this together. I'm Sarah Law, and here's your host and my husband, Matt Law. Thank you, Sarah. We are so glad that you are joining us again for our next episode. And in today's episode, we are talking about hiring the entree-spirited, the entrepreneurs to be a part of your company. And so here's the question. What would it be like if you cloned yourself today? I mean, you're talking about hiring someone who provides as much value for your company as you do. Well, that's what we're talking about in today's show, Hiring the Entree-Spirited. Stick around. we got a great episode. You could have a job, or you could have a career, or you can have a calling. And the best thing is to have a calling. Joy is the feeling that we have from doing what we are fashioned to do. There is no such thing as failure. Learn from every mistake. I'd write down my priorities in life, and I'd get committed to certain priorities. It's kind of ironic that I'm a dropout because I, I read... <laughs> More. I like to learn as, as much as anyone yeah. I know. People say you, you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. If you don't love it, if you're not having fun doing it, you don't really love it, uh, you're going to give up. All right, everyone, welcome back. So today, again, we are talking about hiring strong leaders, hiring entree spirited people that are full of the entrepreneur spirit um, to be a part of your team. And so even if you're starting off with a brand new company and you're like, Hey Matt, I'm, it's just me. I think this is going to be a very helpful podcast for you. And uh, if you are someone that is already a boss that has a staff, I think this, this lesson is actually going to challenge you a little bit uh, as well. And so as a leader myself over the last 20 years, I've learned a lot about this. Um, so we've hired people that were really strong entrepreneurially. And um, right. And at times I probably micromanaged them a little bit and they revolted and um, mm-hmm. they quit. And then I've had uh, sometimes in my life that, you know, especially when I was either younger or just here in the last couple of years, when I worked for a short period, um, uh, as a director of communications for an organization, there was times that I felt micromanaged right. and, um, and it really, you know, it really squashed my, my entrepreneurial spirit Your creativity, and it made me also leave and exit. And so I will tell you that hiring, entrepreneurs or entree spirited people it it definitely is not an easy thing uh it's so much easier to hire someone that just will just pick up a box uh, move it over to the next spot and set it down but people may be wondering matt can you ha- can are there people that are entree spirited that don't have a company like what would that look like I think the world is full of entree spirited people that are very entrepreneurial. They just, they just didn't, they don't, they don't, they don't identify themselves Mm -hmm. as, you know, business owners, but, but they have a creative spirit, right? A, a very entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. So when we say hiring a entree spirited person, um, 
for an entrepreneur, basically it's people that have certain traits. And so what I would say to you is that these are people that have the same, and this is what you would be looking for if you're going to hire them. They have the same mission as you. So like, you know, if it, whatever your company or, or mission or purpose for your organization is, whoever you hire as that entrepreneur needs to have the same mission as you and your company. Um, they also have to have a tough mindset. So they need to have an overcoming mindset. They, no matter what they face, they're going to overcome. So they're not, you know, caught on failures or setbacks. They, they want to challenge and they're willing to get up if, you know, dust themselves off if they, they fall down. Uh, they also have to have a very uh, good understanding about the vision of your company and what the goal is and the purpose is. And so, and you know this, if you're a boss, like some people just, they get what your company does and they know how to do everything and, and they own it. And then you'll have some staff that will do the bare minimum and, and they don't invest in learning more and going deeper into the vision of the company. Uh, you also need to hire someone who is invested in their personal education. So you'll know uh, if, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Years ago, we hired a developer and uh, he would always do the bare minimum. He would he would never grow and learn right. about it. And it, in, in those days, I didn't know much about technology and different things. I was I was fairly new. And because of my desire to grow, I outpassed him. I passed him, you know, and mm -hmm. without even really trying. And that is Things what he was like. We would request for something yeah. to be done. It's like, oh, that can't be done. Yeah. And then it's I like, would, well, wait a minute. Did I would you research, research it? it. Right. So you want someone that that wants to learn about everything about your company. And uh, lastly, they have to love what they do. Now, that if you can't remember all of that, okay, I'll just basically break it down. Mission, overcome, vision, education, satisfaction. That's the MOVES acronym for the Entree Spirit book that I'm the author of. But here's what I'll tell you. These are going to be people that are, get. these are people in your organization or people that you meet. They just know how to get things done and they don't give up easily. They are their workers. And so here's the entree spirited things, if you can hire people like that, it's powerful because it's not just, it's not just adding one to your team. You're adding a leader. So you are multiplying them and basically they can replace you, um, in some area of your business. So as you grow a company, even if it's funded, well, you may have the CEO that's managing a couple different departments, um, or maybe doing a couple different things. The CEO is doing a few different things. But if you hire entree spirited, entrepreneurial minded people, you can hire them and they can actually take over portions of that business and do a better job than, than you. And so we've also seen that too, where we have hired people and we've trusted them and, and, and they were very entrepreneurial. It actually made our load lighter as the, you know, the CEOs and the leaders of that organization. You agree with that? I do. And I'm just thinking if you're listening to, to this and you didn't listen to the episode before this, go back and listen to that because that's when we dive into more of what mission, overcome, vision, education, and satisfaction are. Um, and that's the qualities that we have found to be in entree spirited people, entrepreneurs that are successful. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, in, in this episode, we're, we're just, you know, revealing that your staff can have that same, that right. same spirit. It can be built into the culture. And so, yes. we, you know, like an entree spirited culture where entre entrepreneurship is valued. 
Um, and and one of those things that um, we, we aren't going to talk about a lot now is that the people that have the entree spirit, you know, uh, principles in them, they're humble people and they are excited to grow and learn and be a part. They're excited about life. So they're optimistic. And so if you can go back, like Sarah said, and listen to episode two and, and learn more. But today's episode, we really just want to encourage you, hey, you when you hire your first hire, all right, or or when you 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 decide to grow your organization, I would just encourage you, look for people that are entrepreneurial because they can carry so much more weight than someone who just is is sees themselves as a W-2 job that's clocking in, clocking out, has no ambition or motivation to help. Right. So So what happens, Matt, if you know you You've gone through the process, you know, you've asked questions to a new, a new staff member and you, you feel pretty confident that they have these, these, you know, qualities, you know, they're mission minded, they're committed to the vision. They have an overcoming spirit. They're, you know, they're committed to personal education and they, they love what they're doing. You know, what's next, you know, what is important when leading these strong, you know, driven people? That's a great question because most, a lot of times there's entrepreneurial people that we've met and they don't even know they are, yeah, you know what I mean? Cause they, they, they could be young um, or they could be older, but they could, you know, they could be leading a nonprofit. They could be, we you know, a manager and, and they're like, you know, if our company just would do this, it would be so much better. So there right. are, are, people out there that are definitely like that. And if you're going through the process and you, and you found that person and they're going to come on board, we want to give you in this episode, some really important tips for yeah. leading these entree spirited entrepreneurs. Super important to yeah. keep them on your team and to help your business grow. Keep them happy. Mm -hmm. Right. So these people are obviously strong, smart, bright people. And if they wanted to, you have to realize they probably could start a company on their own, right? If mm -hmm. they wanted to, right? Because these are people who are self-starters and they get things done. Right. So number one, and this is the most important thing, if you are leading someone that is entrepreneurial, that is a strong person, um, that, that wants to achieve, the most important thing is that you have to trust them. Okay. Yeah. You have to trust them. So this is, we have a different view on this, Matt, on trusting, you know, people that you hire. Right. Usually people will say, oh, well, you earn trust. But uh, we think about it a little differently. Right. You know, if you've gone through the process of hiring somebody, then obviously you think they're a great fit and you're excited about them entering the company. And so really they should start off with trust. Like you already trust them. Right. It, it, they don't have to earn trust because if you don't trust them, they should not even be working. At you shouldn't have even hired them. Right. Absolutely. So you start off like trust, trusting somebody, you know, trust is taken away when they've, you know, proven that they can't be trusted. Right. But, you know, we kind of have an opposite view that you hired that person. So you trust him. Right. You give trust immediately. And um, at our last company, um, we had brought on a chief operating officer who had owned a company for a long time and was a really gifted person at moving the needle. And um, whenever there was a little conflict in our relationship, it most always was because I wasn't extending trust. 
Yeah. And um, the more I gave trust um, and the more I just encouraged them and gave them space to kind of learn and even, you know, have some setbacks and fail, the better our relationship was and the more content in their role they were. And so I, I'll also tell you that if you've ever been employed, if you're entrepreneurial and you're thinking about starting a company and maybe you are working for a company, you know that when you are not trusted as an employee and, and you may know your department much better and own it, you may you may know so much more than your boss, but when you're not trusted, you know how that makes you feel. It, it definitely gives a big riff in your business relationship. And uh, when I was not trusted uh, as an employee, I was like, you know, and I being a former entrepreneur leading big marketing pushes and stuff like that, when I was in my role of communications, it really made me feel like, you know, uh, just so untrusted and, and, and really micromanage them. So you got to trust them. And if you micromanage people like this, I'm just going to tell you, they are going to revolt. And they are going to leave. They're going to work for somebody else that trusts them and, or they're going to go and start their own thing. So you, right. you, you have to give trust right away. Right. Give them trust and kind of get out of the way. Yeah. But here's the other part, you know, um, people thrive in clarity. Right. They- so uh, this is something that we had to learn early on in leading staff is that you can't expect them to read your mind. Oh, that's right. Um, you, if they could, like they would be the one in charge, you know, if, if they thought like you, um, so they may have some, some characteristics that, you know, that you value that make them entree spirited, but they're not leading the company you right. are. So you need to give them extreme clarity on the objectives of their position, what you, what you expect of them, you know, right. uh, Those are incredibly important. I think that people thrive in clarity. Yeah. And so this is great, you know, because you brought up a point that, um, you know, 20 years ago, 19 years ago, I'd come from, from work. You've been there with me all day and I'm, PO'd at somebody big time. Why won't they just, why don't they see it? And you basically said, Matt, you got to give them clarity. Right. You got to give them clarity. Yeah. And if once, everybody thought the way you did, Matt, right. you know, they'd be the ones leading right. the company. Right. So, I mean, it was. So I think with clarity, every staff needs, but with yes. the entrepreneur, the entree spirited person you're leading, you give them clarity for the objective, but not necessarily how they're going to get there to get there. So say for example, like, you know, like the objective is X, Y, and Z, and that's the destination. That's the goal for that department or cause they're leaders. You don't necessarily, you could give them some feedback and ideas, but you don't, if they're truly entrepreneurial, they're going to figure out the most best way to get there. And sometimes it's getting out of their way. You give them the objective. It's X, Y, Z. This is where we're heading. Um, I give you trust, I give you space, and then you're going to give them a chance to, to do it and to carry that and, and to use their creativity instead of just moving one box from one spot to a next in the warehouse, you want to give them some, some freedom. And I think part of trust that's important is that they have to be able to have some setbacks. They have to have some, you have to be willing to let them have some failures, you know, are you committed to the person 
You know, mm-hmm. if the way we will look at business is that if someone we don't trust, like Sarah said, or they have bad character or they're not the right fit, we're going to find them right away. We're going to find that right away. And we're going right. to let them know that like that's that's kindness to let someone go on and do something else. But if it's someone that we believe in and, and they have great character and they are entree spirited, then we're going to just say, hey, you know, we're going to give them room to to make some setbacks because no right. one's perfect. You're not perfect. And no. um, if you a want a safe environment right. allows, you know, that safety of, you know, caring enough about that person to let them fall, yeah. you know, a little bit mm-hmm. and to to talk about it and correct it yeah. is, you know, that's valuable. And that that creates a deeper a deeper bond, you know, that creates sure. a more loyalty. So the thing about this is you've got someone that's a terrific, you know, leader in, in just is, is very entrepreneurial and you give them an objective. They love that challenge. Think about you when you get an idea, you know, or you're thinking about something, you love that challenge and they'll invest more than, you know, the 40 hours a week or whatever you're wanting, wanting to, because you have given them the challenge or the responsibility. And so I, I will tell you, this is a different mindset than that is in corporate America. Corporate America says hire a manager that will manage, you know, the, the guide or the documentation on how to do this. No, you're hiring an entrepreneur who will write the documentation, who will write the manual and, and invent that part of your business and lead others uh, in an entree spirit way. So it's key. So number one is, to trust them. And, uh, I love what you said, Sarah, about we start off with trust. Yeah. You know, super, super important. Number two is they are going to need things to be successful in their role. And so you have to provide the resources, the tangible resources that they need to be successful. Yeah. So that one means if you've given them, you know, if they're in charge of marketing, they're going to need the technology, the tools, the budget, or whatever those are to make it successful. And I think about this, like, um, uh, we, you know, in, in our, in our former, former business of consulting, especially in marketing and, and company growth, what's crazy is people would want to hire, you know, me like as a, as a marketer and say, okay, I will pay you whatever, you know, dollars a month grow my company. But then I would say, well, what is our marketing budget? Well, no, you, Matt, you're my marketing budget. And it doesn't work like that too. They, I needed resources, financial to invest in their ad spend and different things like that so that they would be successful. So if you hire somebody that's creative, that's an entrepreneur, but you don't give them the resources they need, whether it's the technology or the support staff or anything else that they are going to see quickly that they need, to, to make the, the organization run correctly and the business to run correctly. If you don't give them those resources, they're going to get really, really, you know, frustrated. Right. Yeah. You can, you can kind of talk to this through the school system as well. Like Mm. how, you know, the year that you taught school, there was a ton of demands and expectations. No training, no support. Yeah, not not even like the the technology was working. Right, the not- technology that we needed wasn't working. wasn't easy to switch. I mean, that's it. That's like high bureaucracy. Yeah. Um, which is you know, I mean, that could be a lot like a a big company, but I mean, it really is a big company. But you know, for a smaller 
um, organization, you know, you see the same thing. It looks a little different. It may not be as bureaucratic. Well, I think if they have a big company, maybe someone's listening that has a big company, they need to remove bureaucracy yeah. and get the people what they need so they can get their job done. Yes. Bureaucracy yeah. is the killer of mm-hmm. progress. It is. It sure is. And so if they need something, you got to make it easy for them to make a request. Um, you got to give them a budget to work with, you know, right. so that, Hey, you got to give them clarity when you're going to clarity. You're like, Hey, that you have this much money, but give them the ability to, to request resources from you quickly. So there's nothing worse and I think about this, like, you know, there's, let me give you an example. Like if I wanted to install, you know, fencing, right. In a field, right. I could get my postal diggers and, you know, that's no big deal if I'm doing a small job, but if I was doing a big job, like, you know, thousands of acres or something like that, you don't want post hole diggers for that. You got to give them the right tools to get things done if based on the job. So if it was a thousand acres, man, you need an auger, you need a team, you want to make it as efficient as possible. So you got to give them the tools that they need so that they can. It Sometimes it means support staff too. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, you don't want to beat them up with, you know, take everything. You want them to be as efficient as they can. And, and think about this. If you were to hire somebody or to make your life easier and you were going to hire someone to make it easier on you, you would want to do the same for that entree spirited or entrepreneurial person you're hiring. Mm, Very true. And having an open conversation, like even being so clear to say, Hey, what do you need to accomplish your job? Like if we have, if you have a clear vision spelled out and you trust this person that you've hired, you know, what, what do you need to Mm. really accomplish this job in the best way possible? Mm. A lot of bosses, they don't say that, like they don't, you know, they I don't have these open conversations, you know, and how amazing is that to have such an invested, you know, boss to say, Hey, what do you need to right. do this job better? What can we do to, to make it more enjoyable for you? Right. Yeah, I, I agree. They don't ask, what do you need? Usually it's, Hey, the, the, the person that's serving the, you know, are, are working under somebody saying, Hey, can I get this? it really is a great thing for the boss to say, Hey, what can, what do you need to be more efficient? How can we do things better? Is there anything you need from me? Those are words that, that I know that we want to say to our staff and we've we've done that, but so many times people don't, they don't, the, the boss doesn't ask. And if you want to hire an entrepreneur to lead well, a strong leader, you are going to have to give them those resources. Now there's also an aspect of this, that, you know, somebody, your employee may say, well, I, I need more support staff or, you know what, it could be anything. And truly the budget isn't there for that. And so I think it's still, and you may be listening to this and be like, well, I know, I know what they need, but there's just not the budget for that. That's just not possible right now. Well, I would challenge you to still have those open conversations because, you know, in talking things out and being, you know, being willing to address, you know, everybody knows that there's a problem anyways, probably, you know, most likely the elephants in the room. So, you know, addressing the problem still and facing it is so valuable. It sure is. So yeah. What if the budget isn't there? So so, then you can say that you can address that, say, listen, I hear you and I know we need this. So what can we do 
to is either a, get to that point or is there a, is there a middle road? Yeah. Maybe you could tell them, Hey, once we get here, you were going to add that. We could give you more budget for that. Or maybe you can say, Hey, let's, what can we cut out that you're doing that doesn't matter, you know, so that you can be more successful. Maybe there's, maybe you don't need to focus on some things right now. And, and that goes back to just, just getting clarity and, and giving, you know, them clear objectives, but right. then, you know, if they have clear objectives and they need more staff and the company has the finances to do that, um, and, and, and you don't provide those resources right. and they know that the company is just doing great, but you're making their job harder, that's going to be a wound. And that's going to, that could be another point of contention for them to leave. And that's why having open conversations about what resources they need. So let's kind of recap a little bit. So number one is trust them. Don't micromanage them. Number two is provide the resources that they need to be successful. So whether it's technology, staff, or what else. And the last one has to do with their life as a staff member. Right. So if you are an entrepreneur and you own your own company or you're the boss, you know, of your department, a lot of times you can come and go when you want. You have total, you know, take off on the holidays, do whatever. You have the best schedule. You have a a, you know, all that you need in regards to the three F's that I'm about to talk about. So if you hire someone who is entrepreneurial, okay, you have to give them the three F's, okay? And that's flexibility with their schedule, freedom to fail and make mistakes, okay? And finances. So we're going to talk about those big three F's. So number one is flexibility uh, with their schedule. I'd like to say that one, I think one hesitation for people with this particular topic ties into um, our very first point and that's trust. Right. You know, I think a lot of people, and we would have said the same thing, you know, in different points of leading staff that, you know, well, we don't want to give flexibility because we don't, I mean, what would they do with their schedule? I mean, we don't. Well, then again, they're not entrepreneur. They're not all in, you know, so So like, yeah. So it goes, if you have the wrong person and you give them flexibility. So I'm going to tell you when you're hiring entrepreneurs or entree spirited people, Okay. They are leaders. Okay. They may have people under them that don't need flexibility with their schedule, but we're talking about like the executive, the the team member, the leader. And if you won't give your leaders some flexibility with their schedule, that's a, that's a point of contention because you're showing just like you said, Sarah, you don't trust them. Right. Yeah. Right. So what does flexibility with your schedule mean? And I, I listen, there's so many there's so many organizations and just different types of businesses out there, but for your manager, your leader, your department head, or that, that entrepreneurial person that you're hiring, you got to be able to allow them to fill, you know, to work a flexible schedule. So maybe they have a doctor's appointment, give them the time off and let them be in charge of getting someone to fill in for themselves. Let them have some flexibility with their schedule and if you won't micromanage your schedule and you give them some freedom, remember, here's the objectives, they will love that because entrepreneurs crave that, that freedom in their schedule. They, they 
crave that flexibility, you know, when they're at work. They want to be able to be there with their kids or be there with their wife or their husband, uh, you know, or someone's sick in their family. You want to give them that flexibility uh, with their schedule and vacations, you know, give them a lot of a lot of time off. I, it's it's important. There are a lot of um, companies that are starting to embrace this more um, in the last, ah, I don't know, five or so years. Yeah. I, I'm seeing it more and and employees are so much more happy yes. when they're ex- when trust is our is given right. and they have this kind of this flexibility to right. because they're real people. And this is the secret with the flexibility is like, yeah, you're right. A lot of companies are given unlimited days off, but here's the problem. They put so much demand on people that people never even hardly take a day off. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you got a flexible schedule and you have this many vacation, you know, days you get, even if you did unlimited, but you got to make it where they have to take off at least 10 or so you got, they have to have time to rest. Remember, these people are for your company. They're on the yeah. mission, right? They are overcoming. They're strong. They've got the vision. They're educating and growing in your company and they love their job. This is like the ideal employee. So you want to treat them well and just give them some flexibility. Uh, you got to yes. give them freedom to fail. And I, we talked about this a little bit and have setbacks, but if you are so harsh, every time they have a misstep, again, it goes back to the trust they are going to feel like it's it's not their company. Mm-hmm. They ought to feel like they are a partner, a co-owner with you. And even though they may not have equity in, in the form of shares or ownership percentage, they ought to feel like it's their company. And you have to ask yourself this. How many times have you had a stupid idea, right, that didn't work, right, or a marketing tactic or idea, or you spent money on something and you lost money? I, I, w- I can't even tell you how much we've lost in ideas and in trying stuff. So if I will give myself grace to make a mistake, I got to give my entrepreneurial leader grace to fail, you know, permission and the freedom to make some mistakes. Very true. Lastly, and this one is probably the most important, is that you have to pay them well in their finances. So they got flexibility with their schedule, freedom to fail. And you got to pay them well with their F finances. And it should be based upon the company's success. So equity, you know, uh, you may not, they not be an owner of a company, but if they add an extra, I don't know, let's say they add an extra $50,000 to the company's, you know, bottom line per month, right? You hire them, well, they grow the company based on their efforts, you know, by, you know, $50,000, or maybe they have less turnover. So it saves your company in in money. If they're in HR, you know, if that's a director of your sales, they grow the sales by a hundred thousand dollars a month. They need to have a, a tangible feeling, a tangible part of the company's growth in the, in the part of finances, because here's the way entrepreneurial minded people work is they see a objective and they're like, you mean to tell me that if I can get to here, you know, $100,000 a month, then you're going to give me 10% of that a month. Imagine that person, their wheels are going to be spinning, you know, at home. Like it's, they're already involved with your company, but when they see that objective, that financial objective, and you are willing to be generous with the company's finances based 
on what they have brought in, I mean, then it's, it's like, it's their own company, even though like, even though they don't own it, it's like they run that company and, and guess they run that part of the company. And here's what I'll tell you. If you will trust them and you give them resources and you give them flexibility and freedom to fail and finances, they will feel like it's their company. And here's what will happen. You will have very, very low turnover with your leadership, right? Very true. And you've almost cloned yourself. And you've almost cloned yourself. You've given them the authority to lead and guide that department or that area. It's, it's huge. And when we say that it's not trying to replace you, it's trying to, you know, add that same level of care for your, for your company and that same level of productivity. And, and, um, it's it just, it, it, it really affects the, the success of the company. One thing we, we know is that we've never met entrepreneurs that, you know, aren't working too few hours. Mostly most of them are working too many hours, yeah. especially in the early phases. And so you want to clone yourself maybe you're giving away, you know, 25% of your responsibilities or 50% of your responsibilities. I mean, what a great thing, because then you have more time to, you know, find margin to get a clear vision for the company or maybe expand or work on something else. But it's it's so true. And, the, and those people are going to be so happy. The staff, the Entree Spirit staff are going to be happy and they'll stay. Um, but, you know, if you don't do those things and you don't extend trust, you're not going to be able to keep people like that. You're going to have to get someone that picks up the box you spell it out for them. They move it from here to there. They leave and they're done. They're never going to put in that extra effort um, because you, you're you just not treating them, you know, the right way. Anything you want to add to our discussion on that, babe? No, I think that about sums it up. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Good reminders for us as well. Yes. So if you're interested in learning more about the entree spirit, the DNA of self-starters and people who get things done, Uh, That is our book. And here's what's cool. Like we're not trying to sell you on anything or pitch you on anything. We're actually giving away 1000 copies of our new book. Uh, If you head over to entrespirit.com forward slash free, that's entrespirit.com forward slash free. You can buy the book for free and uh, we are giving away 1000 copies. Now, a couple of things if you are inside of the USA, this offer is only about, uh, available for you. So if you're outside of the USA, uh, we cannot ship books outside um, and be able to do this. And additionally, we're giving away digital copies where you can get a copy on Amazon. It's Amazon's guidelines that say uh, we can only give these books out on Kindle uh, to people who have Kindle accounts or accounts inside of the United States. So you can get a uh, ebook copy that we have bought of the Entree Spirit to read on Kindle. You can get that for free. I mean, not even a penny. And if you want a paperback version, we'll give you the, the free book. You just have to pay for our envelope and the postage to get it there to you. Uh, we've got 300 paperback books and um, 700 digital copies to give away. So you don't have to call us, email us, do anything. Just go to entreespirit.com forward slash free. With that said, that is our episode. We hope you are having a great day, everyone. Take care, everyone.
You've been listening to the Entree Spirit Podcast. Be sure to pick up a copy of our new book, The Entree Spirit, the DNA of self-starters and people who get things done. For behind-the-scenes videos and more free resources, please visit EntreeSpirit.com. Entree